Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Let's spend a couple seconds, and I'll try not to make this, you know, with glee, because, you know, I don't want to do that necessarily and open myself up. But, you know, Draymond Green, if, if anybody's going to sit there and tell me, uh, anybody, and that includes Redick, is going to sit there and tell me that this guy's a Hall of Famer, uh, you need your freaking head examined. His performance last night, and go look at game one, uh, where he was as bad, was as bad as you possibly, he can't play any worse. He had one basket. He was minus, if you care about those plus minus numbers, it was like minus 14. I mean, he did not. He had turnovers. He had two assists. He didn't rebound the ball. He did absolutely nothing. I mean, nothing in the game. And if you're a Hall of Famer, if you claim to be, or if there are people out there who think that you are, I don't know where they are. They're nuts if they do. You can't play that kind of game in an NBA Finals. I'm not going to read you the statistics or score line. You look at it. Or even from game one, you look at it. I mean, we understand that when things are going good, and he's at home and, you know, he and the team is flowing well and he's setting picks and nice bounce passes. And, you know, he, maybe he makes a three and, you know, he's getting some rebounds and he's being noisy and playing on that edge. When he is like that, he can be very effective. Nobody's going to argue that. And he's a nice piece for that kind of team. But you cannot. I mean, listen, they have other problems besides him. But if you claim to be bigger problems than besides him, they got to find somebody who can put the ball in the basket with some regularity and who can rebound and who can, you know, not necessarily rely on 30-foot jump shots. Uh, they need to, he needs to give them a little spirit if they're going to have any opportunity to make this series interesting. Because his performance in these spots, he can't score. He's a sloppy passer. He can be dangerous passing, but he also can be very sloppy. He missed a layup last night. He's a bad offensive player. And he also inspires agitation agitation with the opponent and with the fans. And that's what we're going to get to now. Sometimes that's a benefit. And sometimes it isn't. It probably was a benefit in the first, in the second game. But in a lot of cases, it's a bad benefit. And last night is a perfect example. He's got the Celtic crowd giving him all sorts of grief. All right, you don't like the language? Hey, I understand 100%. Uh, but they play the game at 9, 10 at night. I mean, you know, and they don't play the game at 3 in the afternoon on a weekend. They play the game at 9, 10 at night. Everybody's all tanked up, raring to go, and green stinks, and they're winning. They're going to pick on him. That's all there is to it. I, I don't like the language. Terrible, but they're going to pick on him, you know, and they pay a fortune to go to those games. And, you know, that's what Green does. He sometimes is a negative edge because he hurts your team because if he doesn't play and respond well when he chirps, and he didn't last night, and when he does that, the team on the other end is going to get an extra joy in knocking him out. And that's going to be a bigger advantage as far as the home court is concerned. He's going to be a distraction with the officials. He already is under the best of circumstances. And from that standpoint, it's going to cause, in this case, Golden State, a lot of trouble. He's not going to give you tangibles in many a game that you need, which is the ball in the basket. And the idea that he's, you know, some sort of TR done, look him up or a Bill Hanslick, or a Bobby Jones, you know, first off, in this day and age, offense will beat defense 
all the time. And if you look at this series so far, the players that he is entrusted to defend are killing him. Horford's killed him twice. The, uh, whoever they put him on has scored. The good offensive player, if the ball's going in the basket, is going to score against anybody. That's the nature of the game. All right, they call tons of fouls. You can't hand check. This is a tough scenario to survive as a defensive specialist. It's not that easy because the great offensive player who's in rhythm is going to put the ball in the basket against anybody. I, I saw Jordan score against the Bull, against the Pistons, and nobody played better defense than them. I mean, I saw Jordan score against the Knicks and Riley, who beat everybody up. So the idea that now Green, in this day and age, is going to somehow prevent the Celtics from scoring when they feel good about themselves offensively is a misnomer. And that's just not going to happen. So from that standpoint, he has to do, he's got to do a variety of things for him. He's got to be a presence. He's got to keep his mouth shut. I know he's got to play in his edge. But if they're going to have any influence the rest of this series, he has to make a bigger contribution. And if you look at the line last night, then he was one for four. He had one basket in the game. I mean, you can't play that badly in this spot. Now, as far as the fans are concerned, and, you know, his wife tweeted today how she thought it was incredibly classless. And, you know, uh, and uh, and Kerr was going crazy today about how, cla- or yesterday, how classless it was. Well, hold on now. This is the same guy who brings this on himself. This is the same guy who walked out of the Memphis game. Steve Torrey gave me this. He's right. Who walked out of the Memphis game about a month ago with flipping the bird to the fans. I mean, so the idea that now, you know, this poor guy is being harmed by fans, so then he brings it upon himself. He's always screaming and yelling about the fans and the officials and players, and he's always getting himself in trouble. He's always bringing attention to himself. His ridiculous thoughts about, you know what, 80s basketball is not as physical as today's basketball. Some of that nonsense we heard in between these games two and three was one of the dumbest things. I've been following sports a long time. That was one of the dumbest things I've heard in my life. In the 80s, they killed you. I mean, it's ridiculous. And Green could do very nice things on the court. When he's going good and they're flying, he's a huge factor. You know, a whole bit. But, you know, when, when it's not going good, he's not going to score to help you out. He's not going to do that extra little thing to get your ball club over the hump. And I don't like the fans screaming, blank you, Green, either. But you know what? He, he, he calls attention to himself in a negative way. He's always chirping. He's always getting everybody's face. He's always got something to say. And he has not exactly been Mr. You know, he's not, uh, you know, he, he doesn't win the sportsmanship award as far as out-of-town fans are concerned. You know, go back to the Memphis game. And I don't care what they did to him when he got hurt. He don't give the fans the finger. So the idea now that I'm supposed to feel sorry for Draymond Green and pound the Celtic fan for being classless. Again, I don't like what the Celtic fan said. I wouldn't want my kid to hear it either. And I would not encourage my child to say that every time he touched the ball. But they pay a fortune for the tickets. They're sitting there for eight hours waiting for a game to be played, doing nothing but drinking. They are in a feisty mood and their team's winning. And Green's playing terribly. And he's always Always chirping at the official. Always. He's always doing something that is on the edge of dirty. Always. There's no question about it. And when you play that way and then you don't respond, you're going to hear about it. Loudly. It's the way it goes. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Sirius XM Channel 82. 